tribe. Thank you all for tapping in. Peace to you all on this rainy day. It has been a minute since I've actually picked up the mic. I've had so much self-reflection time. I've been on a very receptive and introvert mode. I've been having constant brain fogs and I've been sleeping more than I should. I know my episodes can sound highly organized, but in reality, I am so messy. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay to be raw, have imperfections. We're all humans with our own flaws, but we are in this together. And today, I want to talk about a topic that I've been feeling for a while. I've been running into a lot of wounded masculine and wounded feminine. And this is huge. So we're going to cover trauma and narcissistic abuse, which has been common topics in this time. Right now, all shadow work is being put on the spotlight. And even though it may not seem like it, we're undergoing a worldwide recovery and detox of the narcissistic behavior. Many people in the Western world, they're always stuck in the mental realm or the spiritual bypass narratives that keep us disassociated on purpose. And think about it, this has been done on purpose, not only to just keep us disempowered, but to not embody our souls. They are trapping our souls in this recyclable process. People have always experienced pain. And in the Western culture, we're told to seek outwards for help instead of the indigenous method of healing it from within. And for centuries, we've ignored the wisdom of those who are still directly connected to those ancestral ways, that deep core knowledge, but their wisdom for them never got lost in translation. Healing trauma comes from finally completing an experience emotionally that may have been physically completed a while ago. So you really have to go through it to overcome it. The initial moment of pain may have been so overwhelming that we make a subconscious decision to check out. In other words, we emotionally disassociate with that burden, that trauma that's inside of you. Every part of you is screaming, stop, I don't want to feel this. And that's the problem. We just, we don't stop the emotional experience. We just press pause. We ignore the cause instead of facing it. Whenever we suffer a physical or emotional trauma, it's said that part of our soul flees in order for the body to survive the experience. So with every cut and every wound, our essence and our vitality grows weaker. And this is losing our soul. So you must be wondering what causes the escape of our soul. It can be an abuse, whether it's sexual, emotional, physical, mental, or any event of prolonged grief, pain, fear, anything that made you hopeless. Or it could be a deep-seated addiction or having a near-death experience or an out-of-body experience or being forced to act against your morals or any experience of intense rejection or abandonment or even witnessing the unexpected death of someone, or a sudden and shocking accident, or even entering a relationship without strong boundaries, and that results in losing your personal power. 
But soul loss happens to protect you rather than to hurt you. And this is a natural protective mechanism. When we neglect to heal those blocked off parts of ourselves and we just let them clutter our minds, we're left with this chronic feeling of unwholeness. And eventually that can lead to chronic issues like anxiety, depression, mental illnesses. So I'm here to tell you that soul loss is actually a gift. Your soul is wise and it knows its limits. But to recover from that, you need to enter like a trance-like state. Connect with a trusted shaman or a spiritual teacher or do plant medicines like ayahuasca. You need to face your subconscious mind. This altered state of consciousness, it helps us to enter into our personal underworld. And this is where we are accompanied by our spirit helpers with the intent to retrieve a certain part of the soul. So the healer should hold a space and should be with you throughout that journey and help you visualize it through active imagination. Be picky with who you get advice from because some beings, they will lie to you in order to justify their experience just to make you believe and accept them. So always go with your gut and question, is this my true realization? Especially when someone is convincing you about something. Because many healers are addicted to healing or addicted to being in that environment because it increases their self-esteem. But true healing is holding the space for the individual to heal on their own. They hold the work, but they're not effective enough to move the needle. Then people don't want to be like the person that's helping them because they look depressed and lost every time they go home by themselves. The only measurement of happiness they feel is when they're helping others. A traumatic response in this generation are healers who sacrifice their own lives, sacrifice their precious gifts for people that won't fully recover, but they dedicate themselves to this feeling because it makes them feel useful in producing an opportunity for people to be able to heal themselves, but at the same time, you get to live the greatest high of your life. This is also a more powerful way to inspire people to heal themselves. Every one of our lives is so precious and we shouldn't sacrifice it for one another. Every life is equal value, but sometimes we exploit ourselves because our own traumas aren't healed. They only feel of value when they heal others and that becomes the default mode in their lives. They never turn to help themselves. So this isn't a real life because they never get to explore their lives beyond the hurt and the pain. Therefore, a lot of work needs to be looked at and untangled. In our popular society, they don't discuss how trauma can be influenced by the spiritual realm or the hidden forces. We're always limited. There's never understanding or recognition of the spiritual dimension of it. But people have traumas from their childhood conditioning, and some truly have like a sinister occult presence. Also, this over-sexualized, no-gender culture is not a coincidence either. It's all part of the agenda. 
Now, this is the part where it gets weird. So I'll try to view it with an open mind. This is my disclaimer to just take what resonates with you. I'm just sharing what I've seen, read, and what I believe to be true. Instead of being classified as a credible source, I'd rather spark something in you to make you think for yourself. Just feel what is coming up. Acknowledge that tension, that judgment, or that relief. So to break the ice, hyperdimensional alien interferences in human affairs are a real thing. A super tangible thing. Remember that this world is all vibration and energy. Every physical thing that you see in your reality is actually vibrating really, really slow. So if we are less than 1% physical and everything is energy and counter space, just imagine what's out there. There are dimensions and entities in this holographic universe. And being able to travel through dimensions is hyperdimensionality. And the majority of those who encounter it, they won't believe it. They'll blame it instead of forming like a practical view towards it. But in reality, we're mixed with a lot of things. Some of us are targeted with love obsession and sex manipulation. They're able to manipulate your bioenergy, your sexual energy, your emotional energy, in whatever way to set you up with a targeted partner or to manipulate you to make a decision out of your free will or consent to something that's going to digress you. In the dark side of Cupid, there's a third-party entity, whether it's a ghost, a demon, an ET, an astral figure, an ascended master pretending to be a lover, but it's actually directing a love obsession either astrally or behind a figure. It could be a celebrity or a popular guru figure or someone that think they're your twin flame or your soulmate. That person might be hosted by one of these entities that are... I would like to say like vampires, like vampire figures that leech onto you, like reptilians, dracos, or certain types of beings that shapeshift. They have a dark side of form. They are mind control abductees. And there's also a property possession in certain generational curses where blood oaths were done by one's ancestors or parents or grandparents. And it could be a Freemason organization or some black magic thing. There could have been a vow to Lucifer or an entity. These entities, they claim over their bloodlines and especially the downline of those who made the blood oath. You could make an agreement of entrapment, especially if you already did in a past life and you no longer have any recollection. But you break this by waking up. When one wakes up and say, I'm no longer under the authority of a particular bloodline or a particular curse. I break it and I bind it in the name of Jesus Christ or Buddha or any higher power that works for you. When you do that, something huge happens. When you honor a higher power or you feel that light inside of you that makes you feel protected or if you live a certain way that you're very spiritual, you follow nice morals, you do good, you have compassion, you stop lying, you pray, you set intentions. You can save yourself by getting attacked by these dark entities or dark Cupid. In all realms, 
physically, spiritually, and astrally. These occult forces, they need to respect free will or the need of our consent to come in. But they are masters in manipulating us. Gut feeling discernment is key nowadays. You have to be diligent because you can easily be manipulated to signing a contract or making an agreement or even joining a false pact. And many New Age people, they make contacts with other beings engaging in these black magic spells and they don't even know that it's black magic. There's a lot of imposter entities, bad guys appearing as good guys. So we really have to take sheer responsibility of our own psychological needs and traumas. Gurus, shamans, or whoever you search can hold a space for you, but they can't heal you completely. That's all you. And many personality types, especially narcissistic people, they'll always try to blame someone. Many do that because they're looking for their twin flame or their soulmate. Even matchmakers can be a hosted reptilian that opens portals and hijacks. Once they start analyzing the dreams and emotional connections and the highs and lows of pulling your strings, that's it. They'll know. It's, it's a narcissistic game. The gaslighting, the dramas and traumas. These demons, these reptilians, these dracos, they feed on life force energy and especially attention. When you're at your lowest, it's like Disney World for these dark entities. This is the addictive cycle of trauma drama basis. It's super common. It's a signature dynamic. If you constantly think of someone toxic sexually, it can be a fake astral twin flame thing because these beings, they know how to access those energy points, those sexual energy points, and they'll put in certain implants in that energy field of the body, especially the root and the sacral. They'll activate it so it can get more activated during sexual intercourse or masturbation. This is how they manipulate you in thinking that you're in love with someone. If it doesn't feel like it's from the heart, it's usually not from the heart. It's common for people on the spiritual path to fall in these dynamics. Many people can try to fill in the spot of the love bite that didn't work, and they can still be manipulated by another source that's hyperdimensional and demonic. You could attract the same demon in another person. And in the verge of awakening, you can be targeted with bad thoughts, or entities. By the way, your thoughts are entities. So that's why it's important to think good thoughts. But you can be targeted by these entities and they can make you delete your work, go depressed, question everything. You could go completely blank and start blaming others and taking responsibility for all that. These are all access points where they come in, but they can only come in if there's something inside of you that's inviting that. If you engage in this deeper work, you can free yourself from that. You need to awaken the tiger and set strong, firm boundaries. You need to say no. And that's why the trauma piece is so important. Tests and people will come to try to distract you off your journey, off your destiny as a teacher or a healer or a minister. A married couple can have a love bite with other people, get tempted, but they don't bite. They don't have an affair and their guys and their angels will say, congratulations, you passed the test. 
they are always testing you for your spiritual evolution. I've been at my highest level of consciousness, and then I have predatorial entities of men just harassing me, which was interesting. When you're anchoring in a high amount of life force, these predators, their torrido energies start to come through. If you have wounds and traumas in your sexual energy that aren't healed, it's so much easier to manipulate your sexual energy as well. Entities were coming my way because I wasn't giving a passionate no. I wasn't setting firm boundaries. In this case, being too nice was my weak spot. I obviously said no and I closed them off, but I attracted them by not having that firmness in my energy field. They can feel that. Once I worked on that, I haven't attracted creeps or any weird situations, thank God. I became more like invisible. Have you ever wondered why negative thoughts are so much easier to think of than positive thoughts? Have you ever felt a heaviness in your solar plexus that causes you to have anxiety? You're probably being attacked by an entity, and it could be archons or demons. Archons are evil entities that latch onto people, and it feeds off your fear. It feeds off your negativity. Psychics that have the sense of seeing those type of entities, they describe them like octopus demons. And they will latch onto you. They will bring up unresolved problems that you face so that you can fall in consciousness, especially us lightworkers. We're constantly being attacked by them. They try to latch onto a chakra and they'll try to make it imbalanced. People that are high in power, they're probably fully possessed by these entities and probably in all of their chakras. So always try to do the energy work, meditate, do Reiki, cleanse and sage your house. Visualize a white shield or a bubble protecting you at all times. Analyze your thoughts. Are they coming from your heart space? Are those feelings yours? Also, strengthen your willpower. Don't get so easy in the temptation of urges. Follow your gut instinct. In the moment of sexual union, you create a psychic vortex which is formed like a funnel. And this funnel towers up into all dimensions in the physical, the astral, the etheric, the emotional field. And this is how these entities latch onto you. So that saying, don't ever have sex with someone that you wouldn't want to be, is true. And these entities will forever be affected by you through these psychic vortexes. And the only way to clear them out is by cutting cords and doing spiritual work. So again, cleanse your space, clean your house, put music that lights up your soul, use essential oils, cut down on scrolling time on social media, only follow people that empower you, inform you, inspire you. Everyone and everything should be uplifting you somehow, some way. Thoughts are literal people. And when you can bore these entities, they'll seek out another home and another individual. You always have to stay in that high vibe because once they see one little bad thing, they'll try to come in. So you always have to be lovingly aware to win in the spiritual battle. Focus on your mission, regardless of what's going on in the world. Guard your attention on things that manifest love, wealth, health, and power. We need strategies and standards, and we need to occupy ourselves with things that are really going to uplift us. Now I'm going to discuss a more deeper trauma, the complex PTSD, which happens when you have pervasive long-term trauma. People that go to the military, they usually have this when they come back. 
And you really have to go deep to find it. And that is a body sensory thing. You need to go beyond your trauma response, which is like a flight and fight thing. It's going beyond your personality style. The narcissist and the sociopath, they usually won't go to therapy if they're not forced by someone. They're emotionally dysregulated and they have a hard time working deeply on their own without going on their trauma drama basis, without blaming someone. They're going through an exorcism on all of their problems and doing things that are causing their attachments. They can be porn addicted, alcoholics, burning bridges, messing with people's lives, and then they expect to pull out these entities. You need to be in a healthy state of mind to be able to engage in trauma work, first of all. You need to have that willingness to change. It all goes down to the intention of the individual. Do you really want to get better? Do you really want this? It's easy that these narcissistic individuals will want to make you your mom or dad to come and fix everything. So those healers and those therapists, they have to stand tall. They have to set that wall, but be able to detect the trauma and witness the person in their story and leave the person in a more empowering state. Compassion is a two-way deal, though. It needs to be reciprocated. It's sad to say that many people don't see it that way. They're like a baby that just wants to be loved and carried, and they'll just be happy in that temporary moment, but their demonic attitudes and their way of thinking will come out in the most sensitive moments. And this is honestly... Because the system, the medical, the religious system, the academic associations, they're controlled by narratives who is controlled by these demonic families. They don't want us to be empowered. They don't want us to be enlightened. They just want us to be dumbed down depending on them. We live in a culture where being vulnerable is seen as a weak trait. And in order for you to make it, you have to desensitize yourself. But what people are not realizing is that when you're sensitive, it connects you with your senses. If you are more in tune with your senses, you are more in tune with your nerves. If you're more in tune with your nerves, you're more in tune with your spirituality. When you're in tune with your spirituality, the possibilities and the magnitude of your human experience is limitless. Everyone just wants their human needs met. Sometimes it's not safe to directly deal with the trauma. It could be too strong. The mobility fire response can take over and it can immobilize you, which gets you traumatized over and over again. You have to go around it in a way that we pull out the inner resources, but also it has to be the deep, primal, instinctual responses that come up because that's what makes the connection with the power to make a transformation possible. And nowadays, this is hard to do because many people are chronically disassociated and they can't tap into their spiritual power. They need to bring up the trauma little by little in order to reframe new good feelings in order to build a foundation of completely new beliefs. You have to literally create a whole new you in your subconscious mind. But... Our whole concept of spiritual power 
it has been distorted by religions and certain practices which are facilitating in a way that it's taken away our spiritual power and it's deluding us into thinking that we're more physical instead of spiritual but in reality we're being hijacked if you have any energy leaks through these lychee entities it's hard to connect to your spiritual power and this can take place interdimensionally so we need to get back into our bodies and claim our birth-given soul rights. When you have that overly stimulated awakening that you're burning with anger, you're burning with rage, you just can't stand the insanity of the world, it's hard to get back into your body because you're so much in your head. You're not grounded. And this is the same for our narcissistic survivor. They feel an intense rage when they get back into their instincts. When you don't act with violence, that's a crucial step in getting back to your instincts. You have to hit the nail in the head because trauma is just prolonged wounds. And in our society, pathology is normalized, but we are getting gaslighted every day. We are living in a head-centric place all the time and we're disassociated by nature. We are just so checked out. But every single day, more people are coming to these realizations. I really feel like the paradigms are shifting. I have a friend who has PTSD, and he's going through so much. He doesn't feel safe with his relationships, and all spectrums of his life are declining because he can't find his safe zone. His foundation of love, of freedom, of safety is just not there. He doesn't even have enough energy to grieve. He just has that burden in him, that grudge. And the wounds, they can't even flow because the condition is not set up for that to take place. If something still triggers you and you have a reaction, something is there. Real healing occurs more naturally when your physical needs are met. Our hierarchy of needs, they have to be met. You can be in an abusive relationship and expect to work on your trauma successfully. The body switches off memory and feeling when a condition is not meant for a trauma resolution, safe healing. Getting worried of some demonic thing intervening in your healing session, it shouldn't occur if you are making your basic needs met. Guys, the grief work is huge. We're so afraid of death, death of anything. We are just so attached. But grief is an expression of love. You truly have to grieve and let those tears cleanse your spirit. Because if not, you're going to stay in amnesia until you truly feel. Our being will relax if there's something tingling inside of us. But do everything in your time. Don't force the healing either. The psyche has its own table of healing. We can't force things. There's a journey to us. And once you flow with it, it's a magical process. Many people only focus on the illusion of healing. They always end up deep in their mind, like their childhood, that crazy experience. They're paranoid, and this can be an ancient fear. And some people, they fall into chaos and drama, and their inner complex is colossal. It keeps manifesting consciously or unconsciously. It's unresolved inside. But you don't manifest what you want. You manifest what you are. 
the exterior attachments and the love bites, they'll leave once your traumas are resolved. Once you don't have a lot of deep conflictual fear. Because it won't have anything to link into. So always observe, but don't absorb the negative feelings. When you do the real work and you get involved in the simplicity of your real self, of your true being, you're boring content for them. There's a lot of interesting chaos ramping up, but when you get into the true beingness of who you really are, it's a better and a safer place to be. It's more rooted and it's more grounded. So get into the flow state and fall in love with your form of boring. You become boring to those who pull you into their trauma drama stories and the next chaos. And by distancing from that, you are reborn. Nowadays, there's an extreme overload of information. Being able to sit, do nothing, and stare out the window is such a magical moment. That's when I feel the most connected to my true self. That's when I feel at peace. And since we're so used to this information overload, people's minds are going a thousand miles per hour, even after they remove themselves from the information. The mind being pulled to the narrative is another trauma response in itself as well. Guys, the narcissistic way is in agenda. They want a distorted female and a distorted male. But in reality, true self-love and healing is balancing our inner divine masculine and feminine energies. 2020 registered as a trauma year. Life just hasn't been the same ever since. It kicked many people's traumas like 10 times more. And you see that even more when people are still wearing masks and you can just tell that they're very out of body, very checked out. A person who is truly embodied with their soul, they will just know. But I think it's by design that these occult forces have the system set up this way and they interact with us in a way that make our souls leave our bodies for more demonic entry points to come in and take over humanity. My advice is never go out to react in defense. Don't attack. Don't respond in like. It's about the zero point consciousness. The zero point of non-reactive consciousness. Don't give to the illusion of what they want. They want to piss you off. I know it's easier said than done, but when you learn one, you see the other. When you see the mother, you see the father. When you see the wound, you see the trauma. We are all reflections. And many are habitually addicted to pulling you in for the sake of self-pride. I know it can be difficult to save your past self when traumatic memories make you cringe or you judge your past self for the things that you didn't do or that you did do. But in this case, it's time for a greater understanding. Stop right there. Think of the bigger picture. If you now have the wisdom to do things differently and make better choices, you owe it to your past self. No matter the mistakes or the errors or the judgment, your past self not only survived that pain and trauma, but you created the path that you're walking in now. You're not there anymore. Despite the fear, the shame, the loneliness, even the lack of support, your past self not only overcame these horrendous experiences, 
but your past self learned from these experiences and evolved into who you are today. The fact that you're even listening to this episode, I can just tell. You're making efforts to learn, to heal. So forget about forgiving your past self because there's nothing to forgive. Instead, why not celebrate? Why not acknowledge the everlasting gifts, the lessons, the opportunities? Start seeing yourself in a different light. We might need to search quite deep before we find the treasures of our trauma, but they always exist. We are always maturing, learning. Everything is a lesson. Mistakes are a must-take. A metaphor I like to use is a beautiful pearl may reside in an ugly shell, but if you don't open it, you'll never find it. So who would you be today without your past self? Maybe, for instance, by facing contrasts and adversity, you developed strength, you spoke your truth, you found your voice, you took sheer responsibility, and you became independent. Or maybe, by overcoming powerlessness, you pulled out of that black hole and you became empowered. Your mess became your message, and your wounds became your wisdom. You'll always meet another version of yourself every time you shed another layer of old trauma and pain. Once you let go, your likes, dislikes, perspectives, and interests will shift. Transformation is natural as you travel the road of greater self-awareness, happiness, and peace. By expressing gratitude for your bumpy journey and the priceless gifts that were received, your past selves receives your unconditional love. And no doubt, when it comes to healing, self-love is the ultimate cure. We are the children of the sun, the children of light. So do me a favor and let nothing, I mean nothing, take you away from your light, okay? I love you.